Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Saroy. Thank you so much for being here. When it comes to a life's journey, everyone has their own definition of success. Uh, but when you are with a bunch of writers, as I am right now, over at uh, PenCon for 2019, I would say a majority of them will define their define having success as having the ability to live off of your writing full time without having another job to basically subsidize your work, your life, etc. And there are there are very few authors that are in the indie to, you know, um, traditional level that can really say that. Um, thankfully, I just happen to be with someone who has realized that dream and is somebody who continues to, to go on his own journey of success. And it's a real thrill to, to, um, to welcome to the show, Eric R. Asher. Eric, how are you today? Excellent. Thanks for having me. And thank you so much for being here. Um, it's you've always been kind of like a a model of success that that um, I I can definitely only speak for myself, but I can say that I want to have that I want to have that moment. I want to be able to walk away from the full time job and say I am pursuing my passion full time. This is what I am going to do from here on out. So. As a, uh, before we get to the beginning and get to um, get you all caught up with the journey, how has that been going so far? It's been excellent. Uh, you know, I finally resigned from the day job in February, so we're going on coming up on seven months now. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> and it's been and it's been good. Like the there's no dip or anything. It's all just been. No, it's been great. It's uh, it it actually it takes some adjusting to get used to it because. Yeah. You're used to, you know, working your eight-hour shift at the day job and then coming home and doing your writing stuff, and suddenly you don't have to do that anymore. So you get to reallocate all that time, and it's it's pretty awesome. That is really cool. That is that is great. So um, with all that extra time, you must have something 
uh, you know, coming up, uh, coming up in the queue now. Do you? I do. I do. I've been working on uh, the Books of the Dead novellas, which is continuing my Vesic series. Yes. Uh, basically, instead of doing full-length installments a couple times a year, I'm doing a novella that's from a different character's viewpoint every month for like the next 12 months. So really? It should be interesting. Should so, be interesting. It, so it's each character is a different character? Yeah. Well, like each novel, novella. Yep. Different, different character's point of view in each one. Wow, that's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. So, now, are they all like different, obviously like different points in this whole series, right? It, is, it, is, it is actually continuing on from right where book eight left off. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's literally like right continuing the main story arc. It's an interesting... Thing kind of, to manage. <laughs> you're kind of, it's kind of like you're building up your own MCU almost. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, right. Very nice. Very, very cool. So let's. Um, so with that in mind, let's go back to what I call the lightning bolt moment. What was it way back when that made you decide this is what I am going to do? This is the path I'm going to follow. I am going to be a writer. Where did that start? Um, it, I started having ideas about it probably back in 2006. Yeah. Uh, just because I realized I liked making stuff up and I really wanted to write a story. So I dabbled with some short stories, eventually wrote like a full length novel that was completely horrible. We'll never <laughs> see the light of day. It's in a drawer in the basement. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess in 2009, I had a, uh, actually had a really vivid nightmare. And that triggered me to write a short story that eventually became the first book in the Vesic series. Really? So, yeah, yeah, it was weird. weird was it just, like, just odd imagery or something, or was there, like, an actual character that, that you got to see? No, it was, like, character, it was, like, all the original characters. I mean, the whole thing was just, like, wow. there. So you Very basically weird. got to see the world around, yeah. you, know, around you. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, so it was just, like, one scene out of that world. And then I wrote that scene up, and I was like, wow, that was actually fun. So I kept writing it, and that short story grew into the eight books that it is now. Wow. So, yeah. That is very cool. That, is so, like, that, that, that just blows my mind. So like having, you know, having that sort of start and then just being able to just blow it up the way you, the way you did. So you just started, you know, like, like you said, you just started building one scene after another until it became yeah. a novel? Is yeah. That, yeah. Was that the plan? Very just, much. Well... Plan. I mean, in the beginning, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. So yeah. it loosely, I guess you could call it a plan, but it was more like, hey, this is fun. I'm going to keep doing this. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So tell us about Vesic. What, what was it that, you know, that got you really into that? Uh, I, I've just, I've always liked necromancer characters and weird kind of off the wall powers and stuff. So that worked really well. For me, and that it fit in with my sense of humor too, because it's like you've got a character that does not see death the way the rest of the world really would, because he's mm. a necromancer. Yeah, and so you can play off of that a lot with like some oddball humor, and that always really appealed to me. So like Jim Butcher style. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah, definitely. Nice. I actually nice. was just on a panel with Jim at uh, Dragon Con, and see, he was. <laughs> this is this is one of the things I truly love about you know like. About being a part of the writer community, you never know who you're going to wind up paneling with, 
Because, I mean, like, you and I did, you know, a random panel yep. last year yep. over at PenCon. We did the Flash Fiction panel. Yep. And, you know, and I want to thank you for recruiting me for that because it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's, and, it's always a disaster. Oh, yeah. In the best but, way. <laughs> yeah, but you know, at the same time, though, I'll never look at, you know, you know some of those things the same way again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> trying to remember what it was that, was it corn nuts? Is that what we were like? Cheetos. Cheetos, yeah, Cheetos. That, that was, was Flaming Hot Cheetos. Flaming Hot Cheetos, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the... Yeah. Oh, EJ. Oh, EJ. <laughs> <laughs> so odd, but at the same time, it, it was it was a blast, and that's one of the great things that you experience when you go to these kinds of conventions. And then you like you know you having being able to sit at a panel with Jim Butcher. Yeah. What was that experience like? Oh, Just to it, kind of ba- you know push a little bit forward into it, that. It know? was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, you know, anytime you panel with authors that you really look up to, it's. It's always fun, unless yeah. they're a jerk, which does happen occasionally, but we don't talk about those people. No. Um, no. But Jim's actually really cool. Uh, some of the other authors I got to see this year were like uh, Patricia Briggs and uh, oh, nice. Tim Powers. And mm-hmm. like Tim, you know, he wrote the Anubis Gates that kind of helped define the steampunk genre, which wow. one of my most successful series is a steampunk story. So it was kind of like, it's like the grandfather of the genre here, you know, and, he's, yeah. and Tim's awesome. He's a really nice guy. It's like getting to, uh, it's like doing a zombie story and then getting to meet Romero when right. he's still exactly. with us. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's weird, but That's, fun. Yeah. yeah. So the, um, so you have that first book, you have Vesic, you, you're getting into the character, you're having a lot of fun with him. You finish that first book. What's your next step? What, what did you do with that then? I wrote the next three books. Before, before I did anything. Before you published any of them? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah. You just got like the, you know, just like, I just have to keep on yeah, churning I, out? I wrote the first couple in 2009, 2010, and then I didn't actually even publish the first one until 2013. Really? So, yeah, yeah. So I was able to like release them fairly regularly for a few years because I had written ahead. So uh-huh. it, it makes it much easier to release... Yeah. More regularly, if you can work ahead. That's yeah. Yeah, that's smart. That's a good. That, you know, it's one thing, fellow authors out there. You know, like def, that's one thing to keep in mind. And I'm talking to a success story here, so he knows what he's talking about. So we. Um, so, how did you do it then? So you just released book one in 2013, then yep. book two in 2014. No, it was like, uh, the first two were in 13, mm-hmm. three and four were in 14. Okay. Would you do it like six months apart or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice. Exactly. And then I think it pretty much dropped to one every eight months or so after that. Oh, one every Uh, eight months. You're slacking. And then (laughs) I think once the sixth or seventh one came out, it's pretty much just one one a year. Wow. Because fitting it around my day job at the time was significantly problematic yeah (laughs) (laughs) so so you so it releases in 2013 what was the response what was the initial response that you got it was good i mean it was slow but there was like a regular readership and there was a lot of people who were like hey i you know i really enjoy this this is this is a great entry in the urban fantasy genre and i was like okay that's awesome yeah so and it just like each release would do a little bit better and Mm -hmm. so it just kind of built on itself organically because at the time i knew exactly nothing about marketing and building email lists and Facebook ads and all that like yeah. zero so yeah you're you're going that. you're going into a popular genre though urban fantasy is pretty pretty popular wouldn't you say like, 
Yeah, it, it really is, but it kind of depends on to you, who you talk to. Like, if you talk to most traditional agents right now, mm-hmm. they'll tell you that they're not shopping for urban fantasy. Like, a lot of them are like, oh, that genre's kind of dead. Except some of them will be shopping for, like, supernatural suspense, which is kind of what urban fantasy has evolved into. Yeah. So it's it depends on who you ask. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not as big as, like, its high point probably back in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it seems like uh, it seems like the if you have the fans, oh yeah, you have them. Like oh, you have them, yeah. you know, you have, you have their your claws really they, sink pretty deep in there. They seem to like long series for sure. Excellent. Yeah. So that's yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so book one comes out, and then book two, and then book three, and you know, we you, really starting to see like a really good. Return in that? Like, so yeah, yeah. By by book three, I was I was profitable at least. Yeah. Um, probably I didn't see the biggest breakthrough until I started doing audiobooks. Aha. Uh-huh. And then yeah. audiobooks were like audiobooks were a big tipping point for me because yeah. it was like, wow, this is going to be insanely expensive, but look at all the work that this narrator has done. And what happened is I actually lucked into William DeFries. Because he auditioned for my first audiobook that I posted on ACX. Really? And yeah, it wow. just randomly, and I, I was I was paying a rate that he was willing to work with, and yeah, we started working together, and he's he's amazing. So that was my that was good, that you actually already answered my other question. Then you know, like, did you do royalty share first, or or did you no, just I, go ahead and pay out right? I a lot of times. I'm willing to take a risk if I think there will be a bigger reward. Yeah. So especially with audiobooks, I'm like, this is growing. It's growing explosively. Yes. And like, if I don't pay up front, I'm going to end up cutting my royalty in half, which could hinder yeah. some of my uh, some of my marketing budgets. You yeah. Know? So so I took the gamble and. Uh, I think the by the by the time the second book released, it was it was in the black already. So excellent. Was, yeah, yeah, that was really good. Excellent. Yeah, and that, and uh, speaking as an audiobook narrator myself, you know, like it's some it's it is something that you really are taking a big risk by doing a royalty share, right? Because for, sure. for all you know, you know, like you could you know you could be working a month or so like on this particular book, and then when it comes out and the author doesn't do anything to sell it, then it's just like, well, now what? You know, so. Um, speaking yeah. as that, you know, like you, you obviously, I mean, it's, it actually, it really is mutually beneficial for the narrator more to get paid out front yeah. because they get the money that they made by doing what, by doing what they're here to do. But, and at the same time, you're going to be pushing the book even for even more so to make up your investment. Right. So, you know, like it's always like it's always that sort of thing. Like whenever you put money down, that always seems to it's something that you take care of more rather than something that you just got for free. Right. Which is pretty much what a royalty share is. Right. It's just like, oh, you, you know, you pay no money up front, but then you like you'll get you'll get money afterwards. But you're basically just like the mindset is I just got an audiobook for free. And, and that is the right. And that is the mindset a lot of people take. And it's. You can see why some narrators do not want to engage with that anymore without yeah. some kind of guarantee of what's going to happen. Right. And there, yeah. there is that royalty share plus that they're doing now, which is kind of nice. Yeah. It's like you give them a smaller amount up front and then split the royalties on the back. And it's like, yeah, that's... That's not bad. Yeah. yeah it's and just, you know, again, speaking as a narrator, 
got to get something for right for, exactly. for that work that they're putting in. It's a lot of time in. for you to put in. Mm-hmm. It is, right. yeah. But um, but you know, enough about me though. You know, like we're yeah. we're um, so the audiobooks are coming out now um, for the Vesic series. You've been able to stick with that same narrator the whole time. Uh, yes, William's been doing uh, the Vesic series since the first one, mm-hmm. and. I will continue to bribe him to keep working with me until one of us is dead. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's just the best. So you, so you have that going on, and then you also mentioned uh, Steamborn, right? Yep, yep okay. Steamborn. So what happens, that, what was the impetus for that? What got you really into that? So Steamborn is one of those books that, it, it, it's kind of styled after a book that I always would have wanted to read when I was a kid. Yeah. So it's kind of influenced by, if, if you're familiar with Hayao Miyazaki's Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind, it's an old anime, mm-hmm. and it had like giant bugs that they ride around on, and it was, I loved it as a kid. Like, yeah. I loved it. So I was like, you know, I kind of want to take that concept and do something else with it. So I did like a dystopian steampunk adventure where like a lot of the wildlife has been killed off, but bugs thrived and the oxygen content of the world has increased. So they're able to get like enormous. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of like pack animals are replaced by giant pill bugs and things like that. Oh, it's so cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I loved it. And, uh, that, that was another one that really took off after I had the audiobook done. Uh-huh. And that was done with Saskia Marleveld, which she's one of my favorite narrators like in the freaking world. So getting yeah. to work with her was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> because she's, she's done some really great Star Wars books. Uh, she's worked Ooh, with Laura wow. Roberts. And one of my favorite random facts about her is she was the voice of Officer Jenny on Pokemon for a while. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's really cool. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, actually, uh, William, William DeFries was the first voice of Bob the Builder in the U.S. Really? Yes. Wow. So when you hear all that language that Vesic's throwing out, that's Bob. <laughs> <laughs> can we build it? Yes, we can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. So when did, so Steamborn itself, like where does that fit in the order of, of the, of your series? Were you still like working on... Vesic, and then you, uh, that when Steamborn started, I was, I was, yeah. I actually, Steamborn, I wrote really fast. Yeah, um, it, I wrote the entire trilogy in about six months. Wow. And uh, yeah, and was, that's still with the full time job. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I would work eight hour days. I would come home and write for six hours, like wow. every day for six months. And there was no, there was no tension or anything in the house or anything for. You know, that or, you know, like... Nah, there's just a lot of bourbon in the house. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Much to my editor's dismay. (laughs) So you can can just see, like, where, like, all of a sudden it's like, why is the misspelled? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. There's a lot of T-E-H in here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's kind of when it hit. Yeah. So the um, so Steamborn itself, like that, that's just one trilogy, or are there do you have more uh, stories in mind? So it was structured to just be the initial trilogy, but I left certain plot arcs open in case it did well, oh. then we could come back to the series and do more with it. Nice. So it actually is now my most successful series, uh-huh. so I am going to come back to it, there which you I'm go. very excited there about you go. because there's there are a lot more stories I can tell in that world. Yeah. Um, 
and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's probably going to be about seven more books when all is said and done. Really? Yeah. Seven more? Mm-hmm. Do you plan to do like a Lucas kind of thing and tell like a prequel or anything or just... Yeah, like... yeah I think I am going to do that, um, but that'll probably just be one of the books. Yeah. So there will probably be a one book prequel and then there will be like two more trilogies nice. at the end. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. It's kind of like with uh, George R.R. R. Martin. He's got like five books... You know, everyone's waiting for the sixth one. He's like, I'm going to tell this story first. I'm just like, nah! <laughs> <laughs> so, tell, so tell us a little bit about Steamborn. Where, um, you know, like what, um, what was it that, you know, that really, I mean, I, you know, you already spoke about what inspired yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, what's, the, uh, what's the main premise for that one? Like, what's the main character? For uh, so, Steamborn's kind of a reimagining if the world sort of ended during the Industrial Revolution and then mm-hmm. was rebuilt on steam power. Oh, wow. Um, and it's not exactly our world during the Industrial Revolution, but there's, there's like some nods back to that time. And it's, so it's not, it's not truly Victorian. Right. So a lot of people are like, oh, it's not really steampunk if it's not Victorian, but it's, it's still steampunk. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I'll argue that one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And it, it was just... Um, you know, a couple teenagers going on like a grand adventure in this like war torn area, and it's. So you would classify that one as young adult. Yeah. Then, right. Yeah. Okay. It is. Yeah. So that one's young adult, and Vesic series is definitely it's sci-fi. Definitely not sci-fi urban adult. fantasy. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so with all of this, you know, like in mind, you have like all of this product really, like you have all this great content that's out there, and it's doing so well. And one of the things that I've consistently seen you doing, both on social media and in re- real time, is hitting the con circuit. Yeah. So when did you get started? You know, like, w- what was your first um, convention experience like? Uh, my first convention was back in 2014. Yeah. And it was a little convention in Oklahoma called Red Dirt Boco. Mm-hmm. And... It was still, to this day, one of the best conventions I ever went to. Really? Yeah, I, I met, like, for the first time there, I met, like, uh, I want to say Paige Weaver, Colleen Hoover, Taryn Fisher, Jamie McGuire, just so many big names, and then me, and, yeah. like, one or two other people. That were, <laughs> and it's like... Sort of like one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's... But, but that really introduced me to the idea of doing more romance-based conventions. Really? And being like the oddball at these romance-based conventions. So that you stick out more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's you know, genius, we, yeah. We make, we make jokes out of it. Uh, Murphy Ray does a lot of my graphic design and stuff. And she made me a banner for Book Bonanza this year. They're like at the top of it, it said neck romancing, not neck romancing. And, it's, <laughs> and I was like, this is brilliant. I mean, this is gonna be hilarious. There were so many people that stopped at my table just because of that sign. Oh, that's They're brilliant. They're like, um, tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have that with you here? Yeah, yeah, nice. I'll have it set up later. Smart, smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, it's just, it's fun to play around with. But there's, there's a huge crossover in readership between paranormal romance and urban fantasy. I mean, they're really hmm. sister genres. I mean, they're tight, so tight together. Yeah. And, uh, so, there's, there's a great readership that kind of crosses over. Yeah. So the um, so you you're out there. You're at, you're at the, the conventions and everything, and then all of a sudden, PenCon comes here to St. Louis. Yep. 
Now, this is only my third time, but it's been here like a few years before that. I think this is, this what is, is this, number this six? This is the sixth year. Yeah. Six, okay. So yeah. three years first, and then and then I you know started here. Now, were you at all six now? You know, yep. So you were there at the beginning. Yeah. How'd you meet, uh, how'd you get in touch with Rick and Amy? So Rick and Amy, I actually met originally through PenCon, through at the first one. Okay. Um, but it was actually another author, uh, Vicki Green, who told me about... PenCon after she mentioned Red Dirt Boko. So it was just like mutual friends and she's like, hey, you should go to this one. And also there's one going to St. Louis. Don't you live there? And I hadn't heard about PenCon until then. And I yeah. was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll sign up for that. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Because it also kind of like, it's it's also one thing that I've noticed is that it re- it's very much like that, you know, that first one you went to where you were sticking out because you were in the minority right you know like it's you know this this place is dominated by female authors and you know it's all well and good and everything you know like so that way both of us stick out a lot more you know so that's always a good thing and i've noticed that like even more male authors are joining the fray as yeah, well yeah it's, it's uh there's a bigger mix of genres now i think i think towards the beginning there was a much heavier emphasis on romance and now everyone's yeah. kind of uh, even people who traditionally mainly wrote romance have branched out into the other other genres, and a lot of people that traditionally just wrote fantasy have now broke branched out into romance. So mm-hmm. you have a huge amount of crossover, a huge amount of possibility for cross promoting each other, and that's that's really nice. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. So now with it, with all said and done, like you've you know you're at your sixth you know pen con right now. I've also seen you know like seen you at like other conventions and everything. What are some of your what what are some conventions that you would recommend, like uh, you know, annual conventions? Uh, the ones that I always go to. There's a Coastal Magic down in Daytona Beach. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice one. It's a smaller one. It's usually about 300 attendees, I think. Yeah. And it, but it's it's beautiful. It's like literally right on the beach, and you do panels all weekend. There's educational workshops for the authors. There's entertaining panels for the readers. It's really cool. That's great. Um, another one is Once Upon a Book. Uh, oh, I've, I've, I really want to go to that one. Yeah, it's, it's run by, uh, it's run by Stacy Rourke. Yeah, and she's, she's doing that one in Frankenmuth, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I'm actually the keynote for her next year. Really, for that one. Yeah, so that should be cool. That, now I'm really glad that I got was able to get some time with you here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what, uh, what's the other one? Well, Dragon Con, of course, which is just. Dragon Con is chaos. It's eighty-five thousand of your closest friends. <laughs> wow, eighty-five thousand. So yeah. that's like basically like the next best thing to going to you know Comic Con in San Literally. Diego. Yeah, it's like the third, third or fourth largest. Wow. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, and I've heard nothing but like great things about that too. Yeah. You know, like just like um, I know you've you know fr- you're befriended uh, R.R. Verdi. You know, yeah, through all yeah, of this yeah. as well. I know Ronnie. Yeah, and yeah. You know, like who was who was also a guest on the show. So he's yeah. awesome. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Hey Ronnie, if you're listening, <laughs> um, finish your book, Ronnie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now you know, like granted, this is going to be out in October. So Ronnie, I really hope you finished. <laughs> so um, so with all of this, what do you what are you yearning for next? Like what's the what's the next hill you want to climb? Uh, just keep putting good content out. I mean, I really wanna, I really wanna get more of those Steamborn books out, and I'm looking forward to finishing this 
Books of the Dead project for the Vesic series. Yeah. Um, I have, I'm writing the seventh one already, and the first one hasn't come out yet. Nice. Like, so, oh, man. So, so, yeah, you, I'm so working ahead. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, like, yeah. you've, you've already got to, you know, figure it out, your own business model. Like, this works. Yeah. Why not keep doing it, you know? Yeah. That's, and that's, that's, that's fantastic. Especially, like, you know, considering that, like you said, this past February, you got to walk away from the, the job and yeah. actually, like, make this the job. Yes. You know? So, which, I, I definitely want to keep it that way. Yes. So I have to sell things in order to keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, this is this has just been fantastic. So what uh, what kind of um, what kind of tips do you have for authors that want to be where you are right now? Um, probably mainly get into audiobooks. Like that's that's huge. And don't necessarily listen to people when they tell you certain marketing things don't work. Like, try it for yourself, because some things will work for you that won't work for them, and vice versa. Right. Like, you might have people, like, I, I teach marketing workshops sometimes, and I, I'll tell people, like, the disclaimer here is, this is what worked for me, that doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Right. Because I've had people tell me exactly how they did something, and then I try that, it doesn't work at all for me. Gotcha. It, yeah. it, it might be, my book covers don't connect with that audience, or... Or the blurb wasn't quite right for them. Right. Uh, you just don't know. But that's why you always want to test and test some more and then test some more. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And where can uh, where can listeners find you? Uh, you can find me pretty much on any social media platform at slash Eric R. Asher. And then you can find me on my website, which is ericrasher.com. Excellent. Excellent. See, see, readers, it you know, like and writers, it is possible to break out of the nine to five rut and get yourself into writing for yourself full time. And I'm really thrilled that I was able to actually speak with Eric about this, about his journey. I hope it was just as entertaining and thrilling as for you as it was for me. And for Eric Asher, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. I'll see you next week.